Lord, I pray that you will be in my words and in our hearts and minds this morning, that we will be changed ever more into your likeness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to begin this morning by sharing with you all a story, which some of you perhaps may be familiar with. But I must give credit for it to the evangelist, Canon J. John, who started his ministry a long time ago in this diocese, of course, at St. Nick's uh, on Maid Marian Way. I recall him giving the thought for the day on Radio Nottingham regularly when I was growing up. I'm not sure whether that dates him or me more. But anyway, he tells this story. There was a man at an airport and he wanted to buy a bag of small donuts and a coffee. So he buys his donuts and his coffee and he's looking for somewhere to sit to have them. But the tables are all taken. Then over in the far corner, he spies one table where there is just one man sitting on the far side. So our chap thinks, I'll just go over there and sit down opposite him. So that's what he does. He goes to the table, he puts his coffee down, he puts his bags down, he puts his coat over the back of the chair, he takes a big sigh settles down in his chair and at last he's able to have a sip of his coffee. And he picks up the bag of donuts from on the table. He opens it. He takes out one of the donuts and he puts the bag back down in front of him. The man opposite stretches over, picks up the bag of donuts opens it, takes out a donut, starts eating it, puts the bag down and smiles. The first man can't believe what he's just seen. He cannot credit that this man has just stolen one of his donuts. He's thinking, what on earth is the world coming to? Maybe he thinks that this chap isn't quite all there, or um, maybe I, I should be a bit cautious in case if I, um, if I challenge him, he'll, uh, he'll fly off the handle at me. So he just decides to give the other guy a bit of a hard stare, and then he picks up the bag of donuts, takes one out, and then moves the bag across the table closer to his coffee as far away from the other man as he possibly can. Whilst he's sipping his coffee, the other man stretches over, picks up the bag, takes out another donut, starts eating it, puts the bag back on the table and pushes it back towards our chap and smiles. This time he really can't believe it. That's twice this man who I have never seen before has taken my donuts. He's stolen two of the wretched things. I'm getting really angry now. But still, 
Wise chap, he decides not to say anything. Anyway, the other man finally gets up to leave. Now, Dower fella thinks, oh, it's about time you left your donut thief. The other man puts his coat on. He picks up his suitcase and he reaches across and he picks up the bag of donuts from the table. There is one donut left inside. So he takes it out, breaks it carefully in half, puts half in his mouth, the other half back in the bag, folds the bag gently over the top and presents it to our fellow. He smiles, waves, and off he goes to catch his flight. Well, our man man has completely had enough by now. He's absolutely furious. And there is no way on earth that he's touching that half donut that he's been presented with. Thank you very much. He looks at his watch. It's time for him to go to his departure gate. So he gets up. He puts his coat on. He bends down to pick up his bag. And there, sitting on the top of his bag, is his bag of donuts. He was complaining that the other man was stealing his donuts, when in fact the other man was sharing his donuts. I have some news for you all. God owns all the donuts. Those of you who may not have been in our services on either of the last two Sundays or who don't receive emails from me periodically are now wondering whether the vicar has finally lost the plot, I think. There could be quite other, other quite justifiable uh, grounds for thinking that, but I can assure you on this particular count, I am at least possibly sane. The last two weekends... We've been reflecting on God's generosity to us and our generous response back to him. In the first of our preaching series on this topic, I began by thanking all of you, all of the members of our church family, for all of the ways in which you contribute to the life of our Cranmer group of churches and our wider communities. And then I went on to consider the starting point for all the responses that we make to our loving Heavenly Father. That, as it says in St John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then last Sunday... Bronwyn, Bronwyn Gamble shared with us her thoughts around um, Jesus' encounter with the rich young ruler, as he's normally known in Luke chapter 18. The ruler who is unable to bring himself to give up his wealth in order to follow Christ. And Bronwyn also spoke about St Paul's warning to Timothy that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. She challenged us to be generously spirit-led in our giving, whilst still doing so wisely and through our giving, being the disciples God calls us to be, 
trusting in his provision for our well-being. What a contrast to our gospel reading this morning, also from Luke. Jesus is approached by a man in the crowd listening to him to intervene on his behalf in a dispute over an inheritance. That's what the preamble to the, uh, the main guts of the passage is. And the way in which Jesus responds to the man's request is by telling those gathered around him a parable about a rich landowner. He's a man who is evidently very well off, even before the particular incident on which the parable concentrates, the, the yielding from his lands of an abundant harvest, as we're told. It's an unprecedented blessing on him, which gives him, in many ways, a very enviable problem. What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops, he says. So he takes a step back from the situation, thinks about it, and concludes, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. The language in this short paragraph is extraordinary. Within 43 words, he says, I, six times, and my, four times. Almost a quarter of the words this man uses are about him and his choices and his wants and his property. But of course, the sting in the tale is that that very night, the landowner will die. And all these possessions that he has stored up for himself will be utterly useless to him. In the 39 parables he tells to his followers in the four Gospels, Jesus is generally reckoned to teach about money 13 times. Fully one third of his teaching relates to questions of money and what our Heavenly Father calls us to do with it. Which brings us back to our donuts. Because the starting point for all that Jesus has to say is that everything, all the donuts, belong to God. As Psalm 50 tells us, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It goes without saying that in economic terms, all of us, let alone if we consider others from uh, desperately poor parts of our planet, all of us are provided for differently in this life. And for many, the current economic situation is a real challenge. But as he calls us to trust God, trust God will meet our needs in this life. Jesus challenges us about the often subtle gravitational pull that money and possessions have on our life and our faith. Where does our centre of gravity around money really lie? 
Is it that we, lured by all the mys and the eyes, as it were, store up things for ourselves in our bigger barns? Or that, as Christ says to his listeners, we are rich towards God. How we, as followers of Jesus, relate to possessions and money is complex. We are material beings. That's how God has made us and how we express ourselves in this world. We can't live without at least some possessions. And money, in and of itself, isn't inherently bad. As Bronwyn said last week, Jesus teaches that it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil, not money per se. The question is not one of having or not having possessions, but one of our attitude and orientation. As St Paul writes to the Colossians in our first reading, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your minds on things above, not earthly things. Or to put it another way, in Jesus' words from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, 21, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is my treasure? Where is your treasure? At the heart of our parable this morning is the question the rich landowner puts to himself. What shall I do? This, in a nutshell is the heart of stewardship, the wise and faithful management of the resources with which God has entrusted each one of us. And the question that we too, as disciples of Jesus Christ, are called to ask of ourselves in response to the grace beyond all our comprehension that he extends to every one of us, dying on the cross that we might be saved. What shall I do? Over the final two weeks of this preaching series, we'll be reflecting on this particular question, especially with uh, relation to our spiritual life as the Cranmer group. And as we say in our Benefice Vision, We are one growing community of disciples, seeking to love Jesus, one another, our communities and God's world. How can each one of us best play our part through our stewardship of all that our generous God has given to each one of us? In time, in skills, in experience, in kind but also, especially at this time, in our financial resources. How can each one of us best play our part in serving and sustaining our church family that I hope we all love and all its ministries, and in sharing Christ's love for the communities in which we are so blessed to live, and in which we all yearn, I hope, as we all pray to see God's kingdom.
Let's pray. Generous God, we thank you for all the blessings you have given to each and every one of us. Help us to steward well the resources you have given us, that we may use them as you would have us do, and that our hearts may be in tune with your heart for our community, sharing your love, your joy, your peace and your hope with all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.